I'm in week six of my art psychotherapy degree. Like I've literally started six weeks ago. One of the first things you have an interaction with is art for soothing purposes and then art therapy, completely different. So you're not sitting with someone and they're painting a picture and you go, do you feel better now? So my interaction in my personal life with art is that I'm feeling a bit sad. You know, I need a mood lifter, so I'm going to engage with my hobby. That's not art therapy. It's got a therapeutic underpinning. Essentially, art therapy in what I study is a deep dive into your subconscious because emotions are so rich and intense and indescribable and probably when you're in the midst of feeling them you don't have language to describe them because there isn't enough language to describe the intensity of emotions sometimes or perhaps there's not language to describe a subconscious experience that's just emerging from the surface it's bubbling up from the the deep dark subconscious so art therapy is essentially do what you feel you need to do, as if that's, you know, painting, drama, voice, music. When I say art therapy, I mean arts therapy. There's, like, endless expressive modalities. Do what you will with that, and then something might come up. It might be subconscious, it might be um, an outlet of some form, but then you go away with an art therapist and you talk about what's come up for you. You talk that through. I suppose art as healing has connotations that you'll do a picture and you'll feel better. It's not really about that, it's about having a medium or a transitional space that will help you translate what's going on for you. As an artist personally, in my personal life, art as a hobby or art as an interest, I'd say I more align with it's my passion. I'd say I do art as healing as my passion but not as my profession. It is healing for me, it is immersive for me, and it has that healing quality, but I suppose it's not therapeutic in the way that it's understood as art therapy. Art to heal is different from art therapy. A lot of people interact with therapy colouring books, like anti-anxiety colouring books, and if that works for you, that's fantastic. But essentially that's not art therapy. It's just doing art to make you feel better. And that's perfectly, perfectly reasonable. So are you saying you use art to actually find the words to be able to talk about stuff later in therapy? That's art therapy, yeah. So that's what I'm having my recent encounter with. That's what I'm studying at uni. It's quite easily confused or perhaps denounced as I'm going to draw a picture to feel better. I think there's a big misconception that art therapy is a distraction from your mental health when in reality it's a dissection of your mental health. You will be confronted. It's what you have to do in a um, traditional therapeutic space. When you see a therapist you know you're going to talk about difficult things. You know you are going to bear your soul. You're not, no one goes to therapy to talk about happy lovely things. Yeah well I actually would say that I'm guilty of having that attitude that art therapy is a lot of splashing paint around. 
you're saying the art just stirs up the mud from the bottom of the pond and then you go sit down and talk about it and by then you've got at least a few keywords that have popped up. Yeah, and it's it's really based in your subconscious. It is stuff that you didn't think was there. It is language that you didn't think you would be using. But isn't that where all the important bits are? Absolutely, because your subconscious plays out in your everyday. You make decisions based on things that you have repressed or things that people have told you and you've repressed or things that you've seen or, you know, any interaction in your life. It's, it sits somewhere in your in the forefront of your mind or in your subconscious and, you know, that's where people have issues. Like, it, it, it's there. It's in your subconscious. There's no control, really, as uh, not as much control as with your waking thoughts and problems. So Yeah, I suppose um, once you have consciousness of your subconscious, it allows you to do something with it. It allows you to take control of it. It allows you to make changes with it or even just have an awareness of it. You can transcend it and talk about it in third person at least. Yeah, it gives you something to do with it. It's That's, I guess, why art therapy is important because it makes something internalised, externalised. Whatever comes out in your art, however form that may be, or even in someone else's art, you can see it in front of you. It's out of you. You can have your experience of something so internal, something so deep-seated, or even just something that you think about every day, but you just don't want to talk about it. You've never told anyone else about it. Imagine if you saw that externally, sitting in front of you. It would be much, much easier to process because you can't push it away. You can point at it and talk about it and yeah. put some distance between yourself. Yeah. Perspective, distance, absolutely. Art therapy, people assume that it's just for kids. And of course it works brilliantly with children because they don't have the language to describe what they're going through yet, but it is for everyone because it applies to everyone because not everyone knows what they're feeling. People have life experience <laughs> to the moon and back, but they're still going to encounter one day a experience or a feeling or a thought that they've never encountered before. How do you describe that? There's no words for it. Do you think that it involves getting into the mindset of a child to be able to like play and have adventurous thoughts and exploration with art of your subconscious? Wouldn't if you're better at being a child, wouldn't you be better at accessing that part of your brain? Everyone's got an inner child and everyone um, has different levels of which they're comfortable with showing it. Some people are very playful in their adulthood naturally and that's wonderful and I suppose that means that there's an openness or a comfortableness with um, exploration and trying things out and, you know, not being so um, attached to the outcome. Is that for kids or for adults to learn? I think adults need to learn a bit more how to let go of the outcome because children innately, they are explorers, they are inventors, they, they're testing things out so often. But so. not so preoccupied with the consequences of their actions all the time? Yeah, I suppose so. But um, I guess that's why it's interesting... I think I'm a playful person in terms of I have a sense of humour, I don't take myself that seriously, but I've been pretty confronted with some of my interactions with drama therapy and stuff like that because I've had to 
um, access a side of myself that can be silly and, um, you know, not so self-conscious. And I've found that I am very self-conscious and that my inner child is deeply guarded by expectations that are attached to adult behaviours and being responsible and being liked, living up to a certain standard. So to let go of that and embrace and be playful and have no self-judgments and not be so attached to the outcome or consequences because there's there's a formalness in that there's a maturity in that and I don't think a lot of people do have a inner child that is accessible but it is important to let that out it is important to play in your adulthood maybe that gets harder to do the older you get I think so yeah and it, it's to do with your upbringings I know a lot of people who have been adults since they were five years old <laughs> which is sad and you know you can make amends with your inner child and you can you can be playful. Well, I think most people that would be listening to you speak, even though you're speaking as a learner, they would still be thinking, um, you don't sound like that much of a learner. You've got a grasp on it. I would be interested in you hearing you speak about this in 20 years from now. If you could listen back later in life, it might help you to hear you speaking so confidently about what you're coming into even as a beginner well that's true i absolutely think i'm in contact with my inner child i just have this intense adoration for art like i love art with my whole soul and i feel the same about art psychotherapy i'm so open to it i would give everything to it so i guess that could be seen as naive but optimism is attached to love and passion. I give myself entirely, regardless of the consequences. So curious to find out as much as I can. I want to live and breathe it. If I could marry it, I would. <laughs> you want to run some really deep sessions. You don't want to just scrape the surface with a bunch of people that might have sort of mediocre, stable lives. <laughs> I find it hard to grasp the fact that there are people living normal, comfortable lives with no undersurface of trauma. So I feel like everyone is capable of being a client to psychotherapy. And having a revolutionary breakthrough. Like. Especially art psychotherapy. Cool. Because cognitive behaviour therapy, which is talk therapy, traditional psychotherapy, you can filter what you say because it has to come to the forefront of your mind. I mean, you'll talk things through and you'll say things that are unexpected. I believe in CBT but everyone has an opportunity to have a dig around in their subconscious. And everyone can at least attempt to get better into art. Yeah, better themselves, be into art, it's for everyone. It's not exclusive to quote-unquote damaged people. Mm -hmm. In my application, I really stressed that I was particularly interested in trauma. So people who have intense traumas like, um, you know, sexual assault, violence, all sorts of things. So I wanted some really deep-seated stuff. I wanted stuff that was deeply problematic and not letting people move forward in their lives because of what they're going through, past or present. Why do you reckon you might be equipped to, to be able to handle the tougher, darker side of it? I don't think I'm equipped at this point. I really don't. But I'm interested in it. I'm really interested in it. Not in a morbid fascination sort of way, but in a way that, you know, people are capable of murder and people are capable of loving someone with their whole 
entity with their whole body. You know, you, you are capable of such a diverse range of things, each and every one of us, all of the listeners, you and me. So I just, I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by change. I'm fascinated by the decisions people make. And I wholly believe that there's good in everyone. I look for the good in everyone. And some people have had the good in them corrupted in some sort of way. I thought the other day how interesting it would be to run art therapy in a men's prison. I am interested in men's mental health in a way that the societal conditioning of men being able to talk about their problems is so, so minimal. I think that art therapy would be an interesting dynamic to interact with because it's digging deep. There's a lot of men who probably think that they are okay and there's a lot of men who think they're definitely not okay. What if you could get to the core of that? What if the words that you're scared to say because you're scared to be judged could come out through art and we could have a chat about that? What if the language that you think would make you, you know, a sissy or whatever or would put yourself down for being weak? What if we could find different words to label that with? What if we could move forward with that? instead of pushing it away because you're a big macho man who doesn't need help. That's the attitude that's so unhealthy and toxic. Yeah. Initially, when you're talking about therapeutic spaces or specifically art therapy, you can categorise it, you know, it's for children, it's for old people, it's for people living with disabilities, for men, it's for women. We segregate people into these little... Categories. Categories in order to grasp it, but... What's interesting is that um, a couple of years ago when they did the Royal Commission into abuse in nursing homes in Australia, when they attempted to fix that, they said that they'd bring art and music therapists into every nursing home in Australia. So I think that's fantastic and it is an opportunity not only for elderly people to express themselves, they can also interact in a therapeutic space and they have an opportunity to bring up any abuse. You know, it's not comfortable to tell someone you're being abused. They might come to you thinking that they're going to paint some pictures and enjoy themselves and they're more than welcome to paint some pictures and listen to some music and then that's their only interaction. But what if there was that point of intervention where there was an opportunity for them to let someone know that they are being abused? And they may not even fully realise that they were about to disclose that. No. And that's the best thing about it is that it's not conscious decision making, but those subconscious interactions are impacting your decision making. You treat people differently or you treat yourself differently based on your unconscious underpinnings. Cool. So what you're saying is art therapy is for everybody. There's really no one group of people that could benefit from it. It could A room of people that benefit from art therapy could just be a total bunch of randoms. Do you believe in the redemptive power of art? Oh, nice question, Azzy. Um, I do. I really do. I mean, I know that Hitler was an artist and I don't think that redeemed him, but um, I do. I really do. I think art holds space for memories and feelings and periods of time. It's an encapsulation of certain types 
of interactions in life and it changes across time. People get better at art, all sorts of things. Um, you get better as you practice, whatever. But I think it's redemption because it, it shows soul. The baseline of therapy is you afford someone time and empathy for no other reason other than that they are human. Art affords people to be humanised. No matter who they may be. People who have committed atrocious crimes, yeah. as men and women both do. That's who it brings to mind. I mean, you think of, like, murderers and, like, rapists and stuff. Is there any hope for them if they can engage in art therapy for 10 or 20 years in prison or something, you know? like I think they deserve to be seen as human, and I believe that art could redeem them in the sole response of them being humanised. I think they could be redeemed as humans by having art. It's proof that they are human, and rightly so because atrocious crimes are hard to forgive, obviously, but they are presented as human and redeemed as human beings when they have an interaction with art. And it's up to them how they use that opportunity to redeem themselves. Yeah. It may cure some people you didn't expect to even have a chance to cure is what you're saying. Yeah, it's hope, yeah. There's always going to be bad people, unfortunately, and I don't think art can cure all, but I have a lot of faith in it. Cool.